welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you are listening to episode 156. Some of the things that have changed in this world involve you, me, the world around us, business, all these things. There are a lot of things that are happening, and one of them is a topic that we're going to discuss with our panelists in Fade Into Film. So welcome back to another session of Fade Into Film. Um, our panelists are Levi Austin Morris, Ryan McDonald, Joey Min, and Jason Rivera. And me, of course, as your host. Um, I lead a discussion into self-branding. The keyword, what branding means, right? is very it has this this consumer businessy connotation to it you should know where i'm coming from with this uh so that you don't think i'm telling you to create a product out of yourself this mentality and awareness that if you create things if you create art and projects and films and things that are going out into the public the world today will look behind the curtain to see who created these things. You want them to find things about you and you want to have at least some control over what they see about who you are. Because knowing who you are is great, but when people are out there looking for you, they're going to form their own opinions about who you are. So it's probably a good idea to at least show them your best self. I did not want to attach my name to my film festival because I was, you know, like, oh, it's, it, it's not about me. It's about you. It's about, and it is, it's about you, the people who are making films with your phones and, and all of that. And, you know, it was about you and not about me. But the film festival itself was created by me. And there was a lot of, there was a lot about me that went behind creating the film festival in the way that it was. For example, the mission, right? Uh, democratizing, uh, you know, filmmaking. That had a lot to do with my own personal experiences and the things that I wanted to be better in the world. That was a personal thing for me. My passion for mobile film and for indie film comes to being my passion for the people who are creating mobile and indie films not just because of the films themselves. And so when we listen to people speak and say certain keywords and things like that, especially nowadays, they can come with this connotation of, oh, it's, it's about consumerism and, you know, being corporate and all these things. And yeah, some of these keywords started out like that. But you have full control over how you turn things that you attach to yourself. When I talk about self-branding, I'm talking about you exposing who you are in the way that you want to. It's a decision to self-brand. I think it will help you with distribution and with everything else that you're doing and that you want and, you know, you want some sort of success. I think it will help you a lot, no matter what you do. But I think that's a decision. It's a personal decision whether you want to do that self-branding. I think it's important though that whether you want to do it or not, people are going to look 
to see who you are because that's what happens today. Social media, Google, all those things give people tools to look behind the curtains and see who is creating this and who is this person. They're going to go out there in the middle of the desert and start looking through all the cracks and crannies of the desert. They're going to be lifting on the rocks and, you know, sifting through the the sands of the desert. And they're going to be looking to see what they can attach because especially when you're creating art and when you're storytelling through film, whether you're writing, all those things, people want to know about you. And, and as soon as you put your yourself out there and your work out there, I should say, publicly, people want to know who you are. And so it's important that you're aware of that. And when I talk about self-branding, that's what I'm telling you to do. Look inside yourself, see who you are, take the things that you like and favor them and, and embrace who you are in that way. And you should understand that not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to love you. But it's important that you see yourself for who you are, that you like yourself, that you love yourself, and that when you look in the mirror, if you see something that you don't like, to remember, not everybody sees me like this. Self-branding is, in this conversation, when I bring it up, it's not the consumerism corporate thing. It's not a product that I'm telling you to make out of yourself. And I'm definitely not telling you that you should fake who you are. Be yourself, but just be aware that you are a public name as soon as you create something with your name that is public. And if you want to stay anonymous, you can do that. It's just very hard to stay anonymous forever when you're creating things. You may change your mind at some point and say, you know what? <laughs> people really like what I'm making. I want to put my name behind that. I want people to know it's me. And so just remember that. And I, for me personally, thinking about myself as, you know, in self-branding, not as a brand, but self-branding myself has given me a little more confidence in creating this podcast, opening up to you and showing you who I am. And that's important. So that's it. That's a long intro for a fade into film, but I thought it was important before we talk to our panelists and go into this discussion that you know this. And now let's go and let's talk to our panelists and let's see what they think. And when I say let's, we've already had this conversation, but not with you, not together. So let's go. We are Fade Into Film. So hey, everybody, we've got Joey Min, Jason Rivera, Levi Austin Morris, and Ryan McDonald all are here ready to fade into film. How are you guys doing? Woo! Good. Good. <laughs> Let's not cheer. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm turn up our gains and, yeah. <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> and walk away. Walk away, yeah. guys. Um, 
Hey, we've got some great updates from you guys. We've got, uh, as you already know, for the last two episodes, I've been telling you about how Joey won all these awards at HBO. <laughs> and he kept saying it was like, it, it was embarrassing. Like, it, it looked what rigged. was it that you said? They look rigged. rigged. <laughs> there was like oh. 12 categories and we won nine of them. That's so amazing. So, amazing. so that's like, we, you know, after the first like two, oh my God. Then the third is like, okay. Then after the fifth time, it's like no one was really clapping anymore. Ah! <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, well, I didn't back away time, from the microphone. Sorry, Susie. <laughs> no, no. The, <laughs> you guys are going to make me have to edit this like crazy. Sure am. Sure All am. right. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about, one of the updates is Levi rigged the... No, he did not. Uh, he won... <laughs> All sorts of awards over the weekend. Levi, tell us about uh, the festival, the film. Well, you know, a little bit. Sure. <laughs> about all that and uh, and and all these awards you win. Well, you won. no, hold on. Let me let me clarify because you're painting it much uh, <laughs> grander than it was. A uh, rosier picture. Yeah, we were in two festivals uh, uh, this past weekend. Um, we yes. were in the indie horror film fest in Chicago, and we were in the Popcon Film Festival in Indiana. Um, and in the Indie Horror Film Festival, we were nominated for three awards. Uh, it was Best Director, Best Cinematography, and Best Actress for my lead actress. We did not win any of those, but we were nominated, so that was cool. Um, and then for the PopCon Film Festival, we ended up winning Best Horror Film, so that was really exciting. So, yeah. 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 And, and Allison, who, who was the cinematographer? Uh, me and my friend Emerson. Emerson. So yeah. Emerson and Allison, congratulations, yeah. by the way, as well. Um, and congratulations to you, Levi. Thank you very much. Um, Thank you. I think, <laughs> I think we're still going to say that you won all the awards <laughs> at the festival. <laughs> Let's not. Cause that, yeah. uh, no, I think, I think that was awesome. I saw the trophy. I love the trophy. Yeah, it's super fun. It's a it's a it's a light up trophy. It's got like this because it's a pop popcon is like a pop culture convention in their tenth year um, in Indiana, uh, yeah. and it's so it's like a small comic con. I think they had like thirty thousand. It's a toy. The yeah, trophy yeah, is a but toy. the trophy it's is like, like the a big Hulk plastic toy, something. and then like and then there's like the bottom uh, lights up, so it's. Uh, it's fun. It's a fun trophy. Can I really you like bring it. it when you come to San Diego <laughs> so I can play with it? Cause like <laughs> Maybe. I love stuff like that. <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then also, Ryan has uh, some stuff that he wants to share, well, that I would like for him to share. Uh, Ryan, tell us about the festival that you're running. Yeah. Um, so... One of my top favorite films, probably in the top three, is going to be The Big Lebowski. And um, I'm not alone in that one. As it turns out, there's many people who really like that movie. And uh, years ago, probably about 10 years ago, um, I was trying to get a Lebowski fest to happen here in Ogden, where I'm at, Ogden, Utah. And I had even reached out to the original Lebowski fest um, 
people who were running that organization and they at the time just didn't see it as being viable for them to come out so uh being on a board of directors for the egyptian theater foundation uh for the paris egyptian theater in ogden i was able to talk that group of people into letting us create our own and so for the last um 10 years more or less, we had to skip one a year because of COVID. But um, for the last 10 years, we've been hosting the Ogden Big Lebowski Festival. So it's going to be November 11th this year. Um, I believe it is the only Lebowski Fest on this side of the U.S. Um, at this point. And we have costume contests, prizes, prize giveaways. Um, we're going to have vendors this year that will be uh, selling merchandise. Um, we have a local artist who will be creating a poster for us and we'll be auctioning away um, the, the artwork as well. Um, but uh, it's always a, it's always a fun time. We have people show up as the dude and Donnie, and uh, we've had some pretty wild costumes before in the past. Though so it's a good fun, and then of course we screen the movie. Yes, have you Do had? You any... ever have like Jeff Bridges just kind of show up? I haven't had the Jeff Bridges show up now, but uh, it's, it's in the it's the the dream is out there for that. Um, the closest thing we've had is the um, there's the character his. The character's name is Liam. I don't think that he has a spoken line, but it's John Turturro's like um, buddy in the film. Mm. He's John T- there's a, a few moments where you know because Turturro is like is when he's upset about the um, when he's upset about the schedule changing from Saturday to Wednesday. He's like, "Cause Liam and me, we're gonna fuck you up." And so the guy right next to him is Liam, <laughs> and we had that actor uh, come out uh, before and awesome. uh, spoke about the film and how he was able to how he got into the movie and things like that. So. That's awesome. That's very That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so uh, we'll we'll throw the you'll share the link with us uh, so that we can add it uh, or, or I'll grab it. I'm sure you've posted it on social media mm-hmm. um, and add it to the uh, to the notes for anybody who's out there who wants to go and they can also meet Ryan and some of the other things that he does other yeah. than study film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, okay, so I wanted to jump right into a couple of our topics here. Uh, one of our topics uh, that I wanted to jump into here with, uh, I wanted uh, Levi to start this off, because uh, Levi, um, you, you're you in the union, which union are you in, or are you in both? I'm in SAG-AFTRA. You're in SAG after, yeah. of course, because you're an actor. Mm-hmm. And so, why don't you share a little bit about why indie filmmakers uh, and smartphone filmmakers should not refrain from filmmaking during the strike? Sure. Um, I mean, I think that. Uh, I mean, the main reason is because SAG has actually put out uh, a, a notice that uh, there there's a sort of an interim agreement uh, that if with indie filmmakers uh, that they can continue production if they get the specific contract or whatever. Um, So uh, I think it's important, I mean it is important because we need to continue creating art uh, for one, but uh, for for two, like it it, it sort of weakens the the sort of um, power that the studios and executives have. Uh, because it's it's giving power to the artists and it's taking power away from the the large studios, um, and that's sort of what SAG is kind of asking everybody to do. So to continue creating, to continue um, telling your stories, uh, you know, in in a way it's that good for the cause. Yeah, right? it is. It's good for the cause. Um, so yeah, but also like SAG has also because this is something that I was, and it's a little bit change of subject, but it still is in line with the subject. 
uh, to not boycott watching things or going to the movies or anything like that. Uh, SAG has been very vocal about, you know, we should still be going to the theater to support these films that have already been made. We should still be watching our favorite shows because if we don't, that's another way to sort of uh, give ammunition to the executives in the studios who will say, well, people didn't watch it. Um, so we need to continue to support the artists and our favorite shows and our favorite, you know, filmmakers uh, during the strike. Yeah, Levi, I know that during the, you know, when it all started, of course, this started way before it started, but before the strikes, um, there was such a confusion with people about that, about making the films, you know, um, supporting the independent filmmakers mm-hmm. supporting uh, the fact that consumers were going out and watching films or not. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was a little chaotic and confusing. Yeah, I mean, I even had to, because uh, I wasn't sure at the beginning when the strike first started, I had to reach out to SAG and find out if it was acceptable for me to attend the festivals because we're kind of in the middle of our festival run. Um, so yeah. we still have, you know, I had the last, the, the two festivals this past weekend and we're still waiting to hear back from like 39. Um, so, uh, yeah, so so um, I needed to find out if it was acceptable for me as an artist to attend um, or if I had to sort of attend under like, oh, I'm just the director or I'm just, you know, whatever. Um, but they they informed me because it is not a studio project uh, that, that I'm allowed to, um, as long as the festival is not um, not sponsored by one of the 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 the, the AM the A, no, what is it, the the acronym I think it's like AANTP um, yeah yeah as long as it's not sponsored by them uh, we are allowed to attend festivals so yeah well we have no problem with that yeah exactly most <laughs> of the festivals yeah. I mean I feel like only massive festivals at this point have yeah. uh, you know so like not not the indie film circuit so much so. Yeah. It's also um, actually, Jason, what is your take on this? Well, I would echo everything that Levi just said, 100 percent. And I think, you know, obviously for me, there's no there is no union. There's no composers union. Never has been. Mm. Um, That being said, my brother and his wife are in the Writers Guild. And so I've had a kind of front seat to. The whole thing. They're very involved with the WGA. Um, and, um, you know, I've been out picketing with them and supporting them. Um, and I'm so happy to do it and to support them. And um, But at the same time, I'm, at, I'm scoring an indie film right now. I'm in the middle of it. And this is the third indie project that I've scored since the writer strike hmm, started. Wow. So... You know, I mean, I think there was definitely a minute where I certainly paused and thought about it, especially because this involves my family, this strike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So but the way I kind of wrapped my head around it was, you know, uh, we need to be continuously creating. Yeah. You know, and these projects I'm working on are not, you know, Max or, you know, whatever Netflix projects. So um, these are independent projects. And. I kind of once I wrapped my head around that, I just thought, well, this is actually kind of an exciting time, you know. Um, yeah, maybe I a resurgence like, of the indie artist. Yeah, I think there's a lot of energy and a lot of excitement. And I remember towards the beginning of the writer strike, 
Um, I worked on two films. Um, and there was just also this sort of thing where just people in the industry suddenly had more time on their hands, almost mm-hmm. like COVID again. You know, so they had extra time to work on scripts and, you know, pull projects together. Um, so I don't know. I think in that sense, you know, if you're making creative, uh, independent work, then, you know, you're keeping your creativity flowing and keeping ideas flowing. And, you know, I mean, I think making films, it, it keeps us going, you know, in a lot of ways. And so we need that outlet, that creative outlet, despite the strikes. And it's still, and that's, it, oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, I was just going to say, it's, it's still a little confusing because, uh, like I started submitting to film festivals last, last probably November, um, maybe maybe October. Um, so it's been a journey as far as like the submission pro- process. But even even uh, there's confusion right now because one of the film festivals that I submitted to recently uh, sent out a letter and said we're we're withdrawing this year's festival uh, to stand in solidarity with the strike. Um, and yeah, and so, uh, so they basically film freeway, uh, granted me a a credit, uh, -hmm. of how much that, that festival submission fee was so that I could submit to, uh, you know, another festival. But, but it was, it was kind of a bummer because I'm like, I sort of now have this, um, anxiety around the, you know, I'm waiting to hear back from 39 film festivals. Are any others going to do that? Are any others going to decide to, to cancel their, you know, and, and I wonder what would make that decision. I could tell you from my perspective that that would not be something that I would yeah. do because I mean, it wasn't we're supporting LA the Festival? independent. Yeah. yeah, we're supporting the indie film uh, makers. Yeah. And so um, for us, it would be a huge mistake yeah. to do that. And it was just a disappointment because like that was one that I mean, I'm not saying like. Like there's a lot of festivals that I submit to, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'll get into this one, um, but I'm still gonna take the shot, you know. But like, this is one that I was like, I think I could get into this one, um, and so it's just, you know, it's kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you That's feel good. about that, Ryan? Uh, well, I, I have a different viewpoint from it than than the other two, as I'm not in either of the unions, and I don't have any family members who are. Well, as well. and also like so. pulling out a festival, also pulling out. Uh, from this yeah I agree with you it was I, I don't think it's the best move um, I mean especially when you have the unions who are also allowing um, you're able to with certain permissions or paperwork to continue to um, operate and work so it's just, if, it's, if there's already a system in play to allow indie filmmakers to continue working then why not take advantage of that um, right. you know, and to promote as, yeah, and then also help uh, promote everybody's projects. I mean, yeah. we as filmmakers, we we make movies for many reasons, but one of them, the idea is that it would, will eventually be seen by an audience. Yeah, right. Um, and and you network. You, would, you also network yeah. during the yeah. festival and yeah. oh, absolutely. Collaborate yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's how that's how half, that's how Levi and I and Susan, yeah. you and I, yeah. that's how we've yeah. met. Yeah, um, and, and Jason. Right. That's how I met Jason. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah, and Jason's uh, in the. <laughs> yeah, and James and Caroline from uh, the UK. Like, oh yeah, we're still, yeah, James and Caroline as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. I, I, we're still uh, working with them, and, and we speak to them often. Um, and so we're actually talking about potentially having a screening for their, one of their movies here. Hell yeah, um, in Salt Lake City. And oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a massive networking opportunity when you go to the festivals, and that's uh, to starting to. Uh, 
again, I don't agree with the decision to take it away. I think you're standing in solidarity, but at the same time, it's like, are you, are we hurting the right people yeah. or helping the right people? Yeah, I think there's a way yeah, to stand in solidarity uh, and say we stand in solidarity, uh, but still sort of elevate the the work of the ind- independent artists. Yes, mm-hmm. and and just as a as the founder and director of a film festival myself, as you are as well, uh, Ryan, um, it's we don't know the circumstances, you know, behind the scenes of why they made that decision. So we're just making assumptions, you know, by yeah. comparing them to our situation and saying it would be a mistake for us. We don't know exactly yeah, yeah. what we can't imagine it, though, unfortunately, what yeah. the circumstances. And I'm sure I mean, it, I'm sure that. it was a very difficult decision for them. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think in large part, it, like I think they made the call probably before uh, SAG had sort of come up with the rules. Uh, mm-hmm. surrounding everything so I, I mean I don't know and I'm just projecting but uh, could be yeah it, being an LA based thing it's probably a lot more um, complicated maybe I don't know Ryan and Levi both both of you know when in 2020 uh, in March when mm-hmm. the uh, I almost called him the mayor when, when we had that whole uh, on the 19th and yeah. we had like 40 days or something right to go yeah. Um, and they said, that's it, we're done. And we were so ready I, and for yeah. me to just go, all right, we're moving this way, we're doing that. But never was it on my mind that, oh, we're going to have to cancel. Yeah, you and know? I was, you, you like, you, I think there were two festivals that, that the T had gotten into, one in New York and one yours um, at that time. Um, and I remember being like, oh, God, what's going to happen? And the fact that both of you, both festivals, because I know a lot of festivals did cancel, but both of you quickly diverted and were like, we'll make this a virtual festival. Um, yeah. It like it was it was a bummer to not be able to go in person, but it was exciting to be able to like I remember sitting on I, I was staying at the house that we filmed Paralysis and I yeah. sat on the couch and I just watched the, the festival for a large part of the day, you know? Um, yeah. 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 And you were in it. You were still yeah, and I was in it. And like yeah, and the t- yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and and I think that this is this is what happens during times like this, and we're feeling it in so many different ways outside of the film. But we're talking about the film industry and the t- entertainment industry, and basically we're being tested in so many different ways. Which way? How how far can you bend? You know, and how creative can you get? And how do you meet challenges like this? And you know, your attitude and your ability, because, um, you know, there are some very big corporations out there that will literally freak out while a smaller independent uh, little company can thrive during times like this, sort of like artists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Giving so, power back to the people instead of the those right? in charge, you know, power to the people, power to the people. Yeah. Can we do that in sync? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, counting is already hard enough in sync. <laughs> Joe is like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, all right. So, <laughs> Joey, do you have a perspective on this? Um, well, it's just that me also, like my group, we, we're not really part of, you know, we're not union, right? So, and, you right. know, obviously doing everything, um, being really a self-distributing independent filmmaking group through YouTube 
it's a, I guess we see it differently. I think uh, from my perspective, I think what I'd like to see are all of these YouTube YouTubers that talk about, you know, like movies, you know, big movies. Maybe now when they can't talk about it or something, they really want to help out. Like, you know, I think the, the, the craft instead of, you know, just peddling to bigger companies so they get paid more. Yeah. It's like, you know, they could, they could like do reviews about independent films, right? Yes. Things that people yes. would never see just to just, you know, signal boost. Yeah. And I think that would really help like the, you know, just, just even local filmmakers, you know, somebody could be like down their street making a movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this guy, it's my neighbor. He does this thing. It's not, you know, it's not 500, you know, million dollars. But he, he he made a movie and, yeah. and you know for for the technology that he has that's pretty good you know stuff like that it would be nice to see as a you know a shift on YouTube. That's yeah. also that's also good because part of part of this is actually a little bit of a segue into the next topic that I wanted to discuss. But one of the things that that um, the films need outside of production in post-production outside of editing and packaging it and getting it all ready to go is distribution and distribution requires you to, to basically start marketing it. And I think Joey, you know, YouTubers can help each other out with marketing. Uh, oh, definitely. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways now too. You know, I think I was talking to Levi about it like the last time. I was like, you know, uh, indie film rights, you know, something yeah. like that to self distribute your own projects, so you can get, you know, obviously 100 percent of whatever you whatever you get, right? But obviously, you know, people maybe like a lot of people that don't realize when it comes to like the business thing. Like now that we're where I'm trying to go is where, you know, we make our big films and also distribute it on ourselves. Is that to market it, you you need a budget for that too, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like yep. you can only reach organically, you know, what you already have built organically. To reach outside of that, there is another set of work, right? So, yeah, you know, obviously I think for the next thing that we're doing, we're probably going to have a little bit of budget to hire people to like help us do the marketing. But, and I know that's not available to everybody, you know, if people are just making very small films. I mean, um, like... I think it's, I think it's, it's like, I, I made a feature film for $5,000 like a couple of years ago and it's distributed and it's on Amazon, it's on Tubi, it's all these places, but it only, I'm only able to do it th- that because of all of the skill set that I've developed thus far. Yeah. Right. So, so it would be harder for people like, you know, trying to get into it that hasn't built up their their audience or something, you know, if like they're just a creator and they're not very much good at like social media marketing and stuff like that. So, yeah. So that's why I think, you know, with the landscape of what's like happening now, if there are other YouTube influencers or like video reviewers or movie reviewers that could also shift and also, you know, put in into their rotation of, you know, talking about smaller films Mm -hmm. that could, you know, signal boost. I think that would really help us, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's part of the part of the community, you know, the the art community in a way. And I know that a lot of uh, YouTubers um, don't reference themselves as you know artists. You know, a lot of them are. You know, there's a lot of like the travel guys, right, and things like that that would say, "Well, I'm not an artist. 
um, I'm just making YouTube videos and upping my, my numbers and becoming an influencer in the travel industry. But uh, for a lot of other ones, they are artists. And sometimes the reason they started out on YouTube is because of their art and, and to, to have a place to display their art, to distribute it, and to also market uh, their art and end up marketing themselves, right? Yeah. So that's why um, I think, uh, you know, it's called um, self-branding or something like that, but it's, it's you're branding yourself as the human behind the, the work that you do. And uh, whether you have a company or you're creating a film, but, but I want to stay on the film part. Um, a lot of times you start, and we know in the film industry, there's a lot of times when we start working on a film, but then it never really comes together. It doesn't get done. So you move on to the next one. But now you've been marketing that film, that title. You've created a, I don't know, a, a Facebook page for it, an Instagram page for it. And it's all around this one project. And then it doesn't come together. And then you just, they just sit there forever, just, just lingering, you know, just floating into space. You know, they've got a, a limited amount of followers and, and it, it's not active anymore. Uh, and now the person behind that, though, has to start over, you know, with a new project. And I believe that if you brand yourself, right, that then anything that you do, and it becomes even easier to move from one project to the next because what you have now is people who are, uh, they're following you, right? They're interested in you and in the work that you do. And you're naturally going to be creating things that are connected to each other anyways. Uh, like say Steven Spielberg, right? Um, when you say to, you're having a conversation with somebody, I mean, you can rattle off all the movies, right? But everybody knows, for the most part, yeah, Steven Spielberg made those. So when Steven Spielberg's name comes up somewhere, it's like, oh, what movie is Steven Spielberg making next? And that catches the attention of people and automatically starts making that new movie that nobody's even heard about a success because Steven Spielberg made it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, though, uh, with that, uh, I think... I think the way that the world has uh, sort of, and and maybe this is a naive thing to say, but uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like things have shifted. Like I feel like at one point, it wasn't so much about branding. I feel like it was about, you know, the product or the the story or the whatever. Um, but I think with internet culture, it has become more about branding, and it really is, yes. you know. And and I struggle because I feel like people are always like, well, what genre do you direct? Um, what genre film do you do? You know, and I feel like I'm sort of trying to be put in a box. Um, and so I struggle with the whole branding thing. Like my brand is me. It's Levi Austin Morris, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And so like, that's my brand. And then my, my, my stories tend to come from, I mean, the reason is my production company, I chose Buried Child Productions is because it's, there's an inner child in all of us that sort of is, uh, you know, like, like constantly growing or needing nurturing, you know? Um, and it's like the, the sort of the traumas or the whatever, you know? So like, I feel like, I feel like that's sort of my brand, I guess, but like, 
Um, I still struggle with the brand and I still struggle with the business side of it because I am an artist first and the stories that I want to tell are vastly different, you know? Because your brand right now is it's developing, right? Yeah. At the same time you're growing, it's all, it's all fluid. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, it is always fluid. You have, and that's, I think that's part of the, the, the branding feature, the it's self-branding just a, feature. Yeah. It, I think that you I, can change and shift and create yeah. things wherever you want to go, and you don't have to worry about being locked in a box of that one project. And that's why I refuse, because I do think that there, I do think to a certain degree the industry does like to, like I think Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, they all sort of have like a get out of jail free card, you know, because they are mm-hmm. the big names that they are. But I think like James Wan, for instance. I don't think anybody will ever look at him as anything other than a horror director. And I, and that's a little disappointing because, I mean, maybe that's all he wants to do. Um, and I think he's a great director in that regard. Um, but, but I'd be curious to see something else, you know? Like, like, I think Paul Feig is a great comedy director and he's had some films that are not comedy. And I think that it's a little confusing to people. So I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm helping the argument, but I, no, I, still struggle I, I with think the also the curiosity is also mm. attractive though. Yeah. You know, that, that people that follow you, the people that know you, people that have seen what your work is would definitely look your way when you say, well, I'm doing something different. Oh really? What are you doing? Yeah. You know, but it's that kind of like, I mean, like I agree with James Wan because like you can even see from his style that it's not just horror. He has like yeah. elements of uh, like uh, visual physical comedy in there too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know. But the same thing. Um, uh, who's that guy that directed the the Annabelle movies that did Shazam? Oh, uh, David Sandberg. Yeah, Daniel David Sandberg. Is it David or Daniel? David. It I doesn't matter. He's great. I love him. Right. I, I I love his stuff, right? But even even after Shazam 2, you know, he even pointed out that, you yeah. know, like he's not going to do superhero movies. Yeah, he was like, I can go back to doing uh, indie horror films, you know? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's very much obvious that, you know, and I guess the thing that what you're saying too, with, with like all these big, big movies, right? Their, their budget is so incredibly high. Like, I, I think it's silly to think that everyone could recreate avenger money every time Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. yeah when even like there's like a marvel movie there's like marvel movies like every month yeah right and they cost close to i i mean you know to break even they have to like break 500 million dollars like that's that's intense to me right like how wouldn't it be smarter as a business to actually invest in small town films or like smaller movies yeah speaking of that joey why do you think somebody like steven soderbergh with an ultimate budget hands you know all he has to do is put his hands out right Mm -hmm. and i want to make a film and people would just give it to him you know why would he turn around and make mobile films why do you think i think that has a lot to do with branding yeah I, i that's that's something too though i think but there's a lot of pressure when it comes to because like the higher up you go in terms of like say with marvel right like just knowing the process of what it is where they hire independent directors because it's cheaper to like it's cheaper to just get them yeah to to direct your film because your film is already directed right at the previous you know at the at a pre-production right like the pre-visualization team already has made the entire film and 
all you have to do as a director. I guess you're just basically another unit person. Moving parts, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're just But it's another... your name. It's your brand behind yeah. it. You know, Steven Spielberg also shot a uh, an iPhone commercial uh, mm-hmm. music video. Music video, that's what it was, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I no, will I say, definitely... though, going back to Soderbergh for a second, uh, and I'm yeah. sorry to cut in, Joey. Um, I do think, though, his brand is... Uh, pushing the boundaries Um, like that has always sort of been Soderbergh's brand and I think that um, it sort of fit in with his brand to do uh, a a mobile film it's the challenge I've never met a cinematographer that didn't thrive on challenges yeah right so that's why it's kind of weird when you see these Marvel films and I get that you know there's a lot of money in it and they just want everything to you know be as uh, I guess already like cemented from the very start like if you're hired as a director what do you really do right you just like you know if there's really no uh input from you as a director then what did you really do and i'm not saying like you know the direct like that's not me like they're the most passionate in the in in the group i mean i wrote about this over the weekend uh on my sub stack i should have a chime ching uh, I wrote um, I wrote about this, and I'm and and one of the things that I mentioned was how the director is the most passionate one in the production. They can work twenty four seven. They can they're all over it. They want mm-hmm. to they they want to see that thing. Yeah. They, they want to realize it live, like a magic. You know, like Tinkerbell goes there, and you watch it form in front of you. They want that. You know, that's their thing, and they like the challenge, and they can move on. I mean. It's like they don't even need the coffee, really. Of course, they're going to get it, but I'm just saying (laughs) Um, that's their thing. And it's even more, I think, important than the money. It's I think it's the executives that are driving the profits, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's that's obvious, right? Like when you have like five hundred million dollars on the line, right? Yeah. They need their money back. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, like, I think it wouldn't be smarter for these. I get the million of dollars, but like, wouldn't it be just as smart to invest in like, oh, I don't know, I'll put like a hundred thousand dollars to this film and make, you know, a million dollars back. Like that's that's very sustainable. And And I I think you should put your name in front of it, though, and not be afraid to stand in front of it and say this is this is my, you know, uh, Jason, I know you've got something to say. I'm going to give you. This is a great way to do it. But Jason is not the director in a film, but he can brand himself, right, as the film composer. He's a big part of that film. Everybody is a big part of the film together, but he can also brand himself, right, Jason? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's (laughs) different ways you could do it, too. You know, I also, like Levi, I have a company... Uh, for all of my music work. It's called Hidden Noise Productions, and that's influenced and inspired by a Marcel Duchamp sculpture Mm. uh, instrument that he created. Um, And that kind of alludes to my background in in the visual arts, which is how I came up. Um, And, but, you know, I don't really talk about that, you know. Uh, It's it's my name, you know. It's how, how I put myself out there. Um... It's my name, and I and I think it's it's. I kind of mentioned this in one of the previ- our previous episodes, where the brand is you, you know, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. who you are as a person. And you know, in my case, 
you know, when you see my last name, you probably think, oh, okay, you know, people have thought I'm Mexican and, you know, all sorts of different things, and that's great. Um, but I actually really enjoy part of my brand is, you know, the fact that I'm Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I think about this sometimes, you know, like as a kid, it took me forever to figure out, like to even find any Puerto Rican composers was like so hard. And even now, like if you look at like the big top film composers, uh, they're almost all men. And it's it's hard to find <laughs> At the top levels, uh, you know, right. uh, composers of color. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, part of my brand is my background, you know, yeah. and I think sometimes like it's really I make it really it's really important to me not just to have my full name on everything, but also like whenever I can, I mention the fact that I'm Puerto Rican. And yeah. And part of that is just me thinking like if there's some kid somewhere that's like, oh my God, you know, there's a Latinx composer out there, you know, um, not that I'm like super famous or anything, but yeah, like, oh, if he could do it, I could do it, you know? And so if I could do that for one person, that's amazing, you know? So even though I don't think of it, I'm not like in the lab, you know, with vials, like trying to come up with this special (laughs) concoction of, you know, brand. That's exactly what I pictured though, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) But it's more about just kind of thinking about these things that mean something to you and that are part of the fabric of who you are as a person. And, you know, how can you kind of put those things to to the forefront? Because, you know, those are the, aspects of who you are that will differentiate beyond your ability and your skill and your craft uh, these personal things will help to differentiate you from other people in your line of work yeah similarly Um, oh sorry go ahead no say say what you will i just wanted to make sure that i give jason uh, a shot at this too I mean, not Jason, Ryan. sorry, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say yeah. similarly to uh, similarly to I mean, it's not the same thing, but uh, growing up for me, I didn't see a lot of queer artists uh, sort of at the, the forefront. And so uh, for me now, I used to fight the sort of, oh, I don't want to I don't want to play gay characters and I don't want gay characters in my in my projects. Um, but I would say within the last 10, probably eight years, maybe 10 years, um, I've been like, you know what, like I uh, these are things that I needed to see as a kid um, and that, that I want to inspire, you know, the next queer kid who is like, man, that's what I want to do with my life. So I, I always have some sort of queer element in my films or my story um, because it's important to me and it's part of my identity. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of bouncing off of what you were saying, Jason. The, the empowerment that comes with mobile filmmaking yeah. is part of that. For me, when I first started this, I mean... One of the things that I imagined was this little old man in in uh, in Afghanistan or something sitting on a hill hmm. and beaming up the, the little movie, the little documentary that he made or something uh, to me here in San Diego yeah. for me to play it in front of people that he never would have reached, yeah. you know. Um, but that is, you know, the diversity aspect um, is the empowerment that comes with not only with storytelling, uh, but also because storytelling is so connected to diverse uh, populations and society and cultures, you know, yeah. uh, and communities. And so 
I totally, totally um, love, you know, that you're, you know, you've had several films already <laughs> in my in my film festival and that you're so close by because you can come and you can yeah. speak to that. And they're all very gay. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, like what you say, you say super gay. <laughs> super gay. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, go ahead. Well, I don't, uh, man, as far as the branding thing, I, um, some of you guys have actually said it better than I could have, and your stories are much more unique um, than probably my own. I think that as I, I, there was a conscious choice that I made a while ago that um, as my as my kids are kind of getting older and I there was a decision I was like, I'm not, I don't want to put them I like face forward necessarily on the Internet. Um, right. Only recently since my... Um, Sophia. <clears throat> My oldest daughter, Sophia, now that she's been a filmmaker, but this kind of still leads into the idea that she's a, it's all film focused. And so there's an, a kind of conscious effort I had a while ago that I was going to, if I post something, I'll try to make it around something either, yes, if I'm world traveling, and then sure, um, but it would be around any time I'm writing or making a movie um, or if it's reading a book, which is I, anything artsy, I guess, in that sense. Um, and then I don't know, I, I've I've worked in the corporate world as well, and so kind of there has been times where in my mind I'm thinking about, ooh, I don't know if I should say that line of dialogue in this movie, um, or ooh, the kind of content that I like to create sometimes could be uh, vulgar. And there's also just, just a decision a while ago, especially when I was coming into make, making Married and Loving It, I was like, you really just kind of, this is your brand of humor, you just need to own into it. Um, you know, if yeah. if, uh, if George Carlin can go to Carnegie Hall with the, um, you know, why, why does nobody ever want to sleep with... Um, I think uh, there's a spectrum on that too, yeah. though, because uh, had Marrying and Loving It been seriously vulgar, I wouldn't have selected it. Sure. You know, it's one of the mm -hmm. one of the rules. But um, there is a, a, a level of vulgarity that is part of entertainment. And then there's one that is truly offensive. And that, those are ones that, yeah, your decision, if, if it's going to be very offensive, you know, like racist or something like that, then, then no, you're not going to want to do that. Mm -hmm. But with kind of like what you were saying the last time, you know, as well, where like somebody thinks this is funny and somebody doesn't, you know, part of the the art, uh, which is very, um, you know, it just depends on uh, on different people. It's very subjective, mm -hmm. uh, object, you know, as, as opposed yeah. to objective. Mm -hmm. And and that's a big part of it. Um, but I think there's a level of confidence that you have when you make the decision that you're going to brand yourself where you have to definitely know. Uh, you sort of know it's kind of like branding a product, right? Mm -hmm. You know your color schemes, you know the shapes, you know the textures, you know everything, what container, where you're going to sell this product, where it's going to live, what it's going to represent. There's so many different aspects to branding a product. And you almost have to sort of put yourself as a product, but realizing that you're a human being and that you're connecting with human beings at a human level. You know? Yeah. And at that point, you're saying, all right, I'm a human. You're a human. We're connecting. And this is my brand. And my brand enables you to know more about who I am and what I do that you may connect with and you may come along for the ride, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And so um, I think especially with Married Element, because I made a conscious decision to have a, a, a certain amount of like F words in the movie. Like I really, I said yeah. earlier, like Lebowski is one of my favorite. And like every other and word it, in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And Casino is one of my favorite movies and it's just loaded with, you know, yeah. a million uh, F words. And so there was just, I made that decision and then it was kind of like, well, I should just, just so that nobody else thinks that this movie is going to be um, like a nice, sweet kind of a thing. I'm just going to put that right. So I just started posting that as like as social media, just, just branding the F word kind of out there. And, um, <laughs> And, Branding uh, the F word. Yeah, just, well, just um, and there was times I had because I live in a area that's, that's quite conservative, um, yeah. and so I had, there was there's a few actors that I had to turn away because they didn't. Hmm. I could tell that they were dropping when we we're doing the line reading. They're dropping hmm. some of the, the cursing, wow. um, and I was okay if they made a variation of it. I said, you know, if, if if you're not gonna use the F word, if you say mother effort instead, that's fine. I just. Um, I just still want the word in there, and so and I had someone else call me, and they said that they didn't feel they really liked the script, but they didn't they didn't see themselves cursing like that, and um, hmm. and I told wow. them that um, and they didn't and I, see themselves playing a character that would curse like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's and so was, interesting. And, I, oh, yeah, and that's, that kind, is, of, yeah. that's <laughs> kind of thing where it's kind of like, are you are you branding yourself as the character, or yeah. are you branding yourself as an artist? Because an artist, like, because at some point, like, somebody has to play the bad guy. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. like, you know, in like, I was yeah. just saying this the other day with with some friends, like, with with the with the lovely bones, um, like, mm-hmm. someone's got to play the car- the killer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I saw the, that. In the that was Stanley so, Tucci, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was great. So, so, do I see him as being? Uh, that person in real life. No, I see him as being an artist because then I see him do other movies where he's not that character. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, um, but so I I told that, I told the actor at the time that, you know, I appreciated them coming in and being uh, forthcoming with me, but there's probably just going to be another project down the road we'll have to work on because it's not going to be this Mm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good for you. And that's then, you knowing your you. brand too. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. I do remember because I, I called my wife Brandy and I, and I was like, well, we had somebody, but uh, you know, they, I told her the story and she, she was kind of like, what? You turned them away? And I was like, we're just gonna have to find someone. <laughs> like, like the, the 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 person who will come by who doesn't mind will come yeah. by. And yeah. Then, yeah. Um, I was able to find those people. Yeah. But uh, as far as small branding thing, though, is um, there was. About a year ago, I was at a restaurant, fast food uh, chain, and my order got screwed up several times, um, and I was having a dispute with the manager. I didn't raise my voice to them or anything like that, but I did leave my my uh, my contact information because I wanted to I wanted to um, I wanted them to get back with me uh, as far as refund things like that. And then I wrote a rev- I went to the website of the restaurant and I messaged the manager and told him the person that I had had that confrontation with. And um, I later, there's a review for my movie on IMDb, and it's written oh, by sure. this person. And they say, they're like, that's too bad because I really met Ryan, but he didn't like me. And he wrote me a bad review. And, yeah, and I was like, I was like, that's oh. interesting that like you took my name, you plugged it into the Google. Yeah. And I'm not very wow. famous, but apparently I'm famous just enough that you can yeah. find my movie on IMDb. He yep. watched it as well. <laughs> and then let me know just how much he hates it. And so, I was like, well, at least I got, I got wow. a view out of it. But it was interesting how like, in is le- little famous, like what little fame it's we have, so people still can silly. track us. Yeah, <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a thing um, that I've I've had to learn myself. I don't like people taking advantage of other people, and I've I've 
I've had issues with like say I'm I'm out to dinner with a friend and somebody treated treats her like crap or him or whatever, and I I have to hold myself back from you know trying to defend this person. How dare you? You know, um, but when it comes to myself, you know I'm not a famous person. But I think part of my branding, one of the things that I learned about self-branding is thinking yourself that, thinking of your brand bigger than yourself. Hmm. Because if you think of your brand bigger than you, you're able to kind of calm down, uh, deal with an issue, and act like the lights are on you. You know, this person may not know who you are today, you know, while you're dealing with them, it could be, you know, the the plumber or somebody, right? That you're having a dispute or something like that. And But tomorrow, the next day, next week, next month, whatever, they may find out about you somehow. They may bump into something, you know, on social media or on the web or who knows what. And they may see you and all of a sudden their perspective and how they see you and how they view you is how you treated them. So I always think of like, use your brand for something good like that to make it bigger than you to the point, even though it is you and you're reflecting yourself, you want to reflect the best part of yourself. You know, it's the packaging. And so you have to think about your brand as your packaging of who you are and how you reflect yourself and that that's a decision you have to make too that now all of a sudden i'm a brand i'm a human i'm a self brand and now i'm not just branding my project and disconnecting that from me that is me that is a part of me yeah but i think that's also the problem of what it is to be a creator yes. in a new space right it's like like by saying True. brand by saying content it's like it's just now it's it's a product and i yeah. am a company when and I'm, I'm not there. and I'm not a person anymore. Yeah. So yeah. that's also and you have to be careful with that and not do that to yourself, though. Yeah. But so that's, but at know... the same time, you can be a better person. Oh, no, no, definitely. I, I, yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I know that I think I definitely had problems with Steph. She's like the business head of, of our thing when oh. we, when she started implementing things. And I kind of disagree simply because of the, the creator in me. And I've learned where I could concede and, and have like, you know, a compromise with her. But yep. ultimately, like in the back of my head, that still feels very weird to say like, oh, I'm a brand because yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm a person. Well, we were just doing this. Last, I know. The last episode about defining your film versus yeah. your product. Right. right? No, it, exactly. Right. So I think it there is a, a line that I, I think now because with and I guess tying this back up with what we were saying earlier, it's like it's I think the movie industry is very much dictated and run by executives and it's for money yeah. and it's about business and people seem to forget that there are like when there's you know five blockbuster films every month you know for yeah. 12 months like it's it's not it's not sustainable and people yeah. forget that you know i think that's why I, I think i was saying before with i really love mission impossible i really love the whole thing mm -hmm. but yeah. i kind of want him to make a story that is like like small town again and build it mm. back up again, like, like a whole new arc where if he's going to do this for the rest of his life, like where is he going to go next? Right. Like, like with all of everything that he's doing, it's such a global scale, like the story that it, it takes too much money. Right. So same thing. Right. So with with the brand that goes that big, I think that the creator like 
you know, like Tom Cruise, like if he were to start small again, where it's like a lot less stressful, he probably wouldn't, you know, her, you know, there, there'll be, I think there'll be other avenues, other, you know, possible profitable avenues of inquiry in terms yeah. of storylines or whatever. Right. So I think the internet and the social media and all that organically gives everybody a chance to be a brand without being larger than life. You know, as far as like you can be self-branded and have a great following and have a great reputation and, you know, in what you do and people following what you do because they like what you do and they like you and they connected and all these things. But at the same time, you don't need 1.4 million followers or something. You there's, know what I'm saying? Yeah, there, there's a, I mean, I'm not sure if this is off topic, but there's sort of a, a problem with that a little bit as well, because going off of sort of what Ryan was saying, where he went to the restaurant and had that experience, and then, you know, the person left a bad review. Um, I, I am uh, vocally political, you know, and I lean a certain way. I'm, I'm definitely more liberal. Um, and I have gotten in arguments with people on Twitter, which, uh, has then, because I like, I'm a brand, you know, I have my film, my film information posted on Twitter. And so like within the last three months, I, I was in an argument on Twitter. And then the next day I went and there were two one star reviews on IMDb, IMDb for paralysis. Um, and mm. I was like, Whoa, well that sucks that like me having a, a political opinion that's different than this person is going to affect my brand um and my my producer was like levi you need to make a burner account with something that's not your name if you want to have those political arguments because um yeah. it's affecting you know your film um and mm -hmm. it sucks that i can't be 100 percent authentically myself i guess to a certain degree uh, unless I want to deal with the repercussions of an angry internet troll, you know? Yeah, because not everybody is ethical or has morals. I yeah. Mean, um, so, so, that, so one of the reasons why I think self-branding yourself as a creator, as a filmmaker in this industry is it does help you with, with getting distribution for your projects as well. Uh, one of the things that distribution companies do, and I'm, I'm not talking about the larger than life companies, um, is that they look into the filmmaker, they look into your reputation, they Google you, they look at your social media, they see how active you are, they see everything, and they use that to make decisions on whether they're going to actually pick up your film or not. One of the things that I think is going to get more and more popular um, Levi, you know, uh, when I started mobile film stories, right.com. Sure. Yeah. It was, yeah, the first streaming service for just mobile films and all of that stuff. And that was a white label OTT, which is over the top. And we had, we didn't have, um, subscriptions, uh, for it because one of the things that we did was we were pretty transparent with everyone. We were offering to stream their films there you can remember this uh and then we were going to give them 50 percent of um, the revenue that was generated from each pay-per-view mm. right instead of just getting people to subscribe for a price and then do it that way that way the filmmaker would say oh i'm getting 50 percent of the price that's set for my film to watch the film i'm getting half of this 
And then, you know, we were going to give people the report and they were going to see it and they were going to know how much is coming to them and all that stuff. Unfortunately, the mobile film world was not ready for that. They wanted to, they preferred YouTube and things like that. Um, But, you know, I think that with what's happening now, uh, there is, and I think this is opening up even more, where you can self-distribute your film. And you can buy into, it is expensive, I'm not going to lie, but it is expensive to do it, to self-publish your videos. And and it's also, um, Jason, it's also for music as well, for music streaming. And um, yeah, and so one of the cool things about it, though, is that you can do it. And if you help build your brand, right, by the time you can start doing this and you can grab, you know, a group of independent filmmakers and say, let's all pitch in together and, and do this on our own, um, you can, you, you have a chance to not have to put your film on YouTube and make money with, you know, try, I should say, through ads because really the, the platform is the one that's going to make the money. You know, not you. Yeah. And so this is this is something I'm, you know, it's not a declaration or anything, but it, this is something that more and more independent filmmakers can look into doing. And it's part of your branding with your self-distribution, especially if you plan to make more films, you know. Um, and, and it's an opportunity there, you know, because, you know, Vimeo is doing this, right? They have a streaming service. That's not just the regular Vimeo, um, that, that allows you to monetize your films. You know about this, right? I actually did not. I think Hmm. it's called, uh, it might be called OTT for Vimeo or something like that. Um, but they do that. And then there are more and more uh, companies out there that are offering, you know, like the one that Joey, you brought this up last time, Indie Film Rights. Yes. And it's actually, I think it's Indie Rights, how they actually call themselves, um, the official name for them. But what they do is they, they're sort of the middle company that offers you distribution through all the other um the OTT stuff, which is basically online streaming is really what it is. Um, and so, and they also sometimes help you. Uh, I mean, you can hire somebody to book your film in a theater, you know, and, and you'll have a, a little bit of time to have your film in a, in a theater. But I mean, I think there's a lot of streaming options that are available to indie filmmakers that, keep you from having to depend on other people, you know, that are not willing to give you, to be transparent with you on the money that you're making, you know? Uh, and meanwhile, you're making them rich. Yeah. <laughs> because because for every you, there's a million yous, yeah. right? And so, and that's how they do it. So, I mean, Hulu, Amazon, um, what's, I mean, Netflix, you know, is hard to get to. Um, but, um, all of those are available to indie filmmakers, but it does help to build your brand. It does help when you have, you know, like if you go to one, one of the big film festivals and the distributors are there, 
um, they look into you. They look and they see, and they are, and when they are there, they see the audience and the audience reaction and how people liked your film. And that, that all plays into the selling of, of your, you know, of your work. And once you're in, you have a sort of open door to keep the connection open for your other projects. Yeah. I feel like I just gave you all a lesson and now I'm going, all right. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes you're, sense. You're all sitting there. Branding. Uh, branding. It's, it's good to do, but again, I mean, none of us are saying that you, you're trying to brand yourself like Tom Cruise or something like that. Right. But that, that's a, that's a brand in itself that, you know, it's like, geez, what else is, and Tom Cruise is, an example of somebody who's been in so many different types of films, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. Anybody got any but anything else to say? I think no. I think I mean, that was pretty good. I think we covered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we give you know. Hopefully, our listeners uh, will get back to us and give us some feedback and say, you know, that that really helped me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like it helped me a little bit. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> <laughs> my lesson. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess I could have made this into a self, what do you call those, solo episodes. No, I, I think your input inspired me, um, you know, from the discussion that we did earlier in this yeah. episode. Uh, but I think it'll hopefully give our listeners a stepping stone, you know, just yeah. something to ponder on and to and, and watch, watch what is happening with uh, distribution. You know, go do go do some research online and start googling these things and looking into you know what can you do to not only to help yourself but to help your community you know of the other filmmakers what can you do to help levi and joey and jason and ryan (laughs) and Susie, (laughs) and Susie, yes Susie loves to promote and help others (laughs) and it's really that i think for the people that aren't part of the industry of any sort of way it's really just single boosting it's just promoting other people like yeah if your cousin yep. is, is a filmmaker like help him out he should be the yes. first person you should be his mm. first fan and you yep. know and even if it's like not good or not your genre it's like okay here you know like i get it you know but hey maybe my friends might like it or, or something, yeah you know but it's Guys, usually everybody's out there on social media. Like, does it hurt that much to just give somebody a like? Right. Or the, reshare the, or, a, yes, you know, or like, repost yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I mean, like not everything is a personal statement from yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Right. I mean, I sometimes I'll just I'll just go hard. I've had Facebook or Instagram. going. OK, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> you've you've liked too much. For the sake of our community, we are. You must stop you. liking. Wow. I know I've had that happen. That's, I've and never like, had that. Well, but I will say, Susie, you are amazing at being an advocate mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Like I appreciate that. Anytime there's an update for paralysis, you are one of the first <laughs> people to share. Um, and so thank you for that because there are, you know, like, and I'm not gonna, but like, I mean, what 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 Joey was saying, like, sometimes it's like man, you're my family and you haven't reshared this, you know? You think they'd be the people to, to be the yeah. first ones, right? Yeah. No, like, uh, it's like when I started my film festival. My, my, my family was, was at first, at the very first film festival, they were like, yay. Then after that, it was like, oh no, God, Susie, no. 
You know, yeah. this isn't this isn't you need something. You're not making millions off this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not even making hundreds. Calm yeah. down. Yeah. You know, that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that it's the passion and the, you know, the. Yeah, it's who I am. And I think more people are starting to I'm, I'm opening up my self branding. <laughs> yes. It's opening up more to sharing with people. Uh, that this is who I am because um, I've, uh, you know, I'm only going to live for a hundred (laughs) years. I love that you've decided when your expiration will be. (laughs) When I was 17, I was like, I'm going to die young. (laughs) And I'm still here. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to live a hundred years. Excellent. I think that's what I said too, right? I was like planning. I'm like, you know what? 40 is good enough, right? And I'm I'm like... (laughs) God damn it. I guess I might as well go for the gold. <laughs> might as well make it to 100. You know, we're we're living in, in a time where I think most people are, are understanding that age doesn't really matter. What matters is who you are and, and, and what you stand for and, and the kind of person that you are. And yeah. just so that our listeners know, there's a reason that these panelists are here today. I've, I've met most of them and had great, wonderful conversations with them. I've actually met all of them except for Joey in person, but I know these people and they're wonderful people. And that's why they're on this panel. That's why I love coming back with them. And as you heard in this episode, they have wonderful input and great perspectives and they're also very giving people. So Suck up everything you can from them and from this episode. And now, everybody, say goodbye to our listeners. Bye. Bye. See you next time, y'all. <laughs>